This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver. The pandemic deemed grocery store workers essential. But the union that represents approximately 17,000 local cashiers, butchers, produce clerks, and other employees says they've been treated as anything but. Citing low wages, long hours, abusive treatment by some customers, and unfair labor practices, King Super's employees in Denver are going on strike this Wednesday morning if their bosses can't come to the table with better options. Today is Monday, January 10th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. I am super busy right now. <laughs> I bet. Fighting the good fight. Kim Cordova is the president of the United Food and Commercial Workers Local 7, the union organizing King Super's employees here in Denver and across Colorado. Well, Kim Cordova, welcome to CityCast Denver. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me on. So a couple weeks ago, I saw that negotiations over new contracts between King Super's workers and their parent company, Kroger, had broken down. And workers overwhelmingly voted to authorize a strike. Can you explain what exactly is happening and who is involved? So we represent the vast majority of the workers at King Supers. They are your checkers, courtesy clerks, produce clerks, um, meat cutters, cheese clerks, uh, deli clerks, Starbucks clerks, um, you know, department managers. So this is their union collective bargaining agreement that is expiring. So that's what's happening right now. So those contracts expired and the company has engaged in relentless unfair labor practices during this whole bargaining process. And so workers have voted almost unanimously uh, throughout these different cities um, in the front range um, to authorize a strike. And we have made the decision um, to strike. We've received strike sanction from um, our international union and authorization to strike from our membership. And I mean, I'm thinking about the average shopper and what they might be experiencing in a store um, that's under, you know, a lot of stress. And we're going we're going through a pandemic, which we've we've seen has been extra stressful for folks like grocery store workers. But I wonder, could you talk a little bit about what King Super's employees are dealing with on a daily basis? Yeah, they have worked through, uh, you know, this global pandemic and some of the worst conditions you can imagine. First of all, it's been a struggle, even um, trying to force the company um, to provide just basic safety um, type of precautions in terms of 
personal protective equipment, we have seen an uptick in um, violent behavior from customers or people coming into the stores. We had the mass shooting in our Boulder store. We represent workers, represent workers there. We've had our workers um, verbally and physically assaulted in the stores in the last two years, um, and the company refuses to protect them. The company will not enforce any mask mandate in the store while our workers work every day to protect their customers and each other and wearing a mask. So safety is a big issue in this contract negotiations, as well as, you know, with a great resignation, this is real. Workers are leaving because of the treatment of their employers. And so uh, that, that holds true in these grocery stores, but also our members are exposed to COVID. We've had workers die. Mm. Uh, we have a lot of big outbreaks in these stores. And so workers are doing the job of two to three, four people in the store in for some of the lowest wages in the state. And so while King Supers is the number one chain in terms of market share in Colorado and Kroger's the number one grocer in the whole United States, but yet they do not lead the industry in pay or working conditions or safety. And so really, you know, workers are really tired, frustrated, fed up. They don't feel protected. They don't feel respected. And they're definitely not being compensated for the essential job that they do. I'm feeling frustration for folks and thinking about how we kind of take for granted that our grocery stores are always there. They're always, you know, we there's knowledgeable people in the store. I've been shopping at King Supers my entire life. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, yes. it's a crucial part of our community. Um so a King Super spokesperson recently gave a quote to Nine News, and I'd love to hear your response. Um, they said, quote, we take our obligation to provide our communities with access to fresh food and other essentials very seriously. At a time when Coloradans are coming together to support our communities, UFCW Local 7 is threatening disruption. What What is that? How do you take that as someone who's representing the actual workers within King Super's? So first of all, the company forgets that the workers inside the store are part of the community that they serve. And so they can't do two things at once. They cannot, you know, uh, brag and boast about billion dollar stock buybacks for their CEO and brag to their shareholders about the massive profit they've made off of the pandemic and, and then come to the bargaining table and offer crumbs to the workers treat them without respect, engage in unfair labor practices, and then, you know, attack their health care, full-time jobs. They're actually outsourcing their jobs right now. You can't do both, right? Because I believe that the customers will support the workers that were there for them. Um, Because grocery workers work during any man-made or natural disasters, the fires that just happened, uh, our, our stores stay open. And so even though Kroger... King Super is an, is an essential business. They treat their essential workers as disposable and sacrificial, hmm. which isn't good for our community. They're part of the community that they serve. And, and before the strike authorization vote, the union you represent filed a lawsuit last week alleging that King Supers was hiring temporary non-union workers to do union jobs. And that seems to have been a bit of a catalyst for the escalation of this situation. Can you explain why? 
Well, first of all, job protection is really important. And we have very strong language in our collective bargaining agreements that states that the work performed in the store shall be done by the union workers. It's union protected work. And so what they've done, instead of paying a livable and a thriving wage to these workers or staffing those stores appropriately, they're using temporary agencies or third parties, which is in violation of our contract. And, you know, a lot of these third party folks like Instacart workers that they use instead of paying an Instacart worker a union wage or benefits or have an opportunity for a pension plan and sick pay, they're using unbenefited workers to do the job so that they can do things cheaper and pour more money in the pockets of their shareholders and corporate executives. And so we filed the lawsuit and we want the company to cease and desist. Sure, sure. Well, and I just see how important it is to have trained people in the grocery store. I mean, not you can't just throw somebody on and say, you know, deal with this produce or, you know what I mean? Like check somebody out. Like it takes it takes training and expertise like any other. It's a skilled, they're skilled jobs. They, they are. And, and actually, the other issue is that it's a safety issue. Mm. So our, our members in the store go through background checks, vigorous background checks by the company. Some of these folks that are working from these other entities or, or other you know, sources, right, you know, like temporary agencies or third parties, King Supers itself does not um, perform background checks on those folks. And so we've had a number of um, issues where these third party people are coming in and, and putting our member safety at risk. I mean, I've ha- we've had uh, employees that have been verbally or physically attacked by these third party folks. I mean, there's it's caused a lot of conflict and we've had safety issues with them, but it hurts their health plan and their pension plan because the company is not paying into those plans for the hours that normally would have been worked by a union worker. So it hurts everybody. And again, they're using, they're exploiting those workers, like a gig worker, like an Instacart worker that don't receive the benefits that a union worker would get, which is unfortunate for workers and, you know, for the reputation of King Supers at one, at one point, you know, they were really, they focused heavily on, you know, being a, a, what we believed a community business. And now they've really changed their practice and business model to, you know, cheaper and faster. So King Super's parent company said that two weeks ago, they made an offer to employees, which included 148 million in wage increases. And while that sounds like a lot of money, I can see spread over the thousands of employees that may not be that may not be great. What is what does that offer mean, or or what do you think is wrong or not working about that offer? We haven't seen where they came up with the numbers. We ho- we have no idea what 148 million means. What we I can tell you is they offered uh, like entry pay workers a sixteen dollar an hour wage. Let's just say for Denver Metro, when the minimum wage is at fifteen eighty seven, that's thirteen cents more than the minimum wage. They're offering scab replacement workers eighteen dollars an hour. That shows you the lack of respect that these workers are dealing with. The members are upset and rightfully so. At the top rate for people that have been here for a long time, they offered them originally fifty cents, which is a slap in the face for workers that come to work in Colorado's high cost of living, there's nobody that can afford to pay rent off of these wages. And so what we see is a lot of our members 
working for the one of the largest employers in the state, experience homelessness and food insecurity, working for a grocery store because they're offering peanuts. $148 for an employer that makes massive profits like this. And look at the money they're saving um, by all of the self-checkouts and the automation that they're using, taking away workers' jobs. The company is getting richer and richer and not sharing their success with their workers. And so $148 million may sound like a lot to the general public, but it's really, it was absolutely a slap in the face to the workers. And the workers, we, we, it's not even on the table. The bargaining team, um, the union's bargaining team, which is member-led, rejected their proposal. Our strike is about the unfair labor practices um, that result in our inability to bargain a contract that reflects their worth to the company, the value uh, that they bring to that company and their incredible success. They're responsible for every penny that those companies make. This episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. Pine Melon is a next generation grocery delivery app that partners with over 200 farmers, ranchers, and producers in Colorado to help make fresh locally sourced foods available to the Denver community at fair prices. Get high quality meats, eggs, and dairy from small local farms, fresh baked breads from local bakeries, and more, as well as all of your favorite pantry staples. Best part is, Pine Melon offers same-day delivery to Denver and soon Boulder within a two-hour window, no subscription necessary. Save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door. Join the movement and support local today. Use promo code CityCastDenver for $75 off your first delivery at PineMelon.com. That's PineMelon.com. So we've heard a lot about new labor organizing efforts and union activity across the country, especially in the past year. And could you put this dispute with King Super's parent company into the context of this larger conversation about um, labor labor disputes and, and unionizing efforts across the country. Absolutely, the Great Resignation is real. All right, I mean, work COVID did a lot. Uh, it did a lot of bad things, but what it also did is it really lifted the veil off of workers' eyes, and they're rethinking their relationship with their employer. While CEOs and corporate executives do their job behind Zoom, these workers come to work every day on the front line, risking their lives. They are taking a stand right now. And there is a big, a huge revolution going on in this com- country. And workers are fed up and they're fired up. And they have, they have the ability right now, they're in the best position we've ever seen to demand better. And I can say, I am so proud of workers, frontline workers standing up in solidarity because at, at, we are the backbone of this country and this economy. Companies can run without a CEO, but they cannot run without a frontline worker. Kim Cordova, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for, and have a, have a wonderful day, and thank you for having me on. And here's what else is happening in Denver today. After a third straight losing season, Vic Fangio is out as head coach of the Broncos. According to the Denver Post, Fangio led the team through three straight losing seasons, and that just wasn't cutting it. So add head coach to the list of open positions to fill this offseason, alongside a new owner and a good quarterback. 
Last week, I spoke with Councilwoman Candy Sedabaca on City Council's passage of a $4.7 million contract for a controversial gunshot detection technology called ShotSpotter. Sedabaca was the lone no vote on Council. Because Council overwhelmingly voted in favor of ShotSpotter, we wanted to share some testimony from last week's vote. In particular, from Councilwoman Stacy Gilmore, who explained that her constituents in Northeast Denver had asked for such a technology, and she shared a personal story of losing her nephew to gun violence. On a personal note, if there would have been this technology on December 31st of 2014, my nephew, Toshio Gilmore, would still be alive today. He was shot in Lowry at some apartments. He went and tried to get help. He banged on doors. Toshio didn't have any place to go. He found a couch. He laid down on the couch. He bled out and he froze to death. Toshio was an African-American man. If this technology would have been deployed at that point, it would have triangulated it. We would have had a squad car at least, at least, of driven by to see if somebody was hurt. And so I am in full support of this tonight because I am listening to my community and I want to make sure that if something violent happens, if there is a gunshot, if somebody illegally discharges a firearm in the city and county of Denver, I want our police department to know. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. Reminds me of when Trump called dairy farmers local milk people. <laughs> I wanted to start a band called Local Milk People so bad. <laughs> Such a stupid thing to say.